All right, welcome back to another episode of the Back of the Shoal podcast. Um, we've got a little bit of a longer one this week. I'm sure you guys missed us last week, so we've got a little bit of a longer one. We've got a great, great interview with the very talented Yoni Z. You know, we're missing music these days, um, so we figured, you know, let's have a let's have a popular singer on. He's a super fun guy to talk to, really open, really easy to, to schmooze with. We also did the absolute best Miserfant to date. I think you guys would agree, right? That this was this was hands down oh, the best. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, Perfect way to end off that interview, which was oh, really sure. long, by the way. Nice of yeah. him to talk to us for that long. But, oh, know, it was. Yeah. For... Yoni, thank you very much for giving us that time. Um, yeah, it was the Miserkvant of most yeshivish non-Jewish artists. Um, I'm sure you guys already but excited about it. Don't skip to it. Let the whole episode play out. And, and trust me, um, you're going to want to hear that one. So I don't want to waste any more time because, yeah, it, it was, as Menachem just said, it was a very long interview. We wanted to keep as much of it in. Um, a so bit more of a serious interview, I would say, than compared to some yeah. of our other ones. But Yeah, definitely. But it was it was really good. It was really, really good. Um, so first, we've got a couple of sponsors. Whatever. So, you know, the n- nine days are here. Um, toughest stretch of the calendar, at least for, you know, Fleischig's only guys like myself. But our sponsors have got the solutions for you. Let's start at number one. Um, Bartanura Noki. Yeah, those guys that make the uh, great wines. Well, they also make Noki. Um, the Bartanura Potato Noki, Italy's favorite delectable potato dumpling dish. But guess what? It's more than that. It's also a freaking lifesaver during the nine days. It's an annual tradition in my house. I have been telling people about this product before they were a sponsor. Certainly now that they're a sponsor. I mean, if you're, if you're uh, trying to plan a supper menu for the nine days, it gets really tough. Trust me, the Bartanura Noki is a great solution. Um, you know, serve it however you want. Spicy tomato sauce. You can put cheese on it or don't, however you want it. But trust me, once your family's tried it, you're going to be serving it often. Nine days, not the nine days. Trust me on this one. And well, uh, will actually you, but it's pronounced gnocchi. Yeah, I know that, and it's a <laughs> point of contention in my uh, between me and my wife. She likes to pronounce it gnocchi, and I prefer to pronounce it as pretentious. Okay, so number two, we've got Tuscanini pastas. Also, just nine day staples. Right? You can just take care of your whole nine-day supper menu just with Tuscanini pastas. Um, of course, you got your basic elbows, the spaghetti, lasagna. But you also got, if you're feeling super fancy, you can go in their fusilli. I think I pronounced that correctly. Um, fettuccine or rigatoni. I mean, that's like six options right there. You know, Tuscanini pastas plus the gnocchi. Boom. We just gave you your whole nine-day's menu. No excuses. I don't want to hear that you don't have anything to, to prepare for supper. We just gave you so many options right there. And uh, last but certainly not least, our good friends at Tam Tam. Not much to say except uh, we all love Tam Tams. That's, that's pretty much it. Go buy them. Um, thank we you. We really don't need much. to say anything else besides for that. No, we really <laughs> don't. Minot, really, do you really notice don't. how Shlomo started proving Italian there? Yeah, he's like, boom, got your nine days <laughs> menu right there. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's called authenticity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is the name of the game. Exactly. So on that note, yeah, the nine days are, are uh, they're, they're starting. We're recording this before the nine days, but um, by the time you listen to this, it will be the nine days. I hate the nine days so much, but let's take it right into the, the minion update. And my minion update, guys, is not so much of an update. It's more just like a plea, a request. If anyone out there is making a CM, just just let me know. Send, send an invite our way or, or even just my way. Um, I'm begging you, please. You know, I granted I, the other nights of the nine days, I'm going to go with uh, Bartonura, Noki, and Tuscanini pastas. But uh, 
to mix it up a little bit, I wouldn't mind a, a, a CM. I actually happen to be making a CM, so. Wow, sick yeah. brag. Not, not, it's not a big deal. On, on what? On Harios. Happens to be a Whoa. really short Masefta, but brutal, it brutal. took a really long time. I, Me and my Havusa were just like, yeah, yeah, well, what should we do next? Oh, yeah, let's just do Harios, because it's short, it's fine, whatever. And little do we know that each time we learn for an hour, we do like five lines. It's, it's so. the, the first the first nine blot are really, really hard. They're yeah. really hard. I actually made that same mistake, by the way, a few years ago. So I have like this, uh, also not to brag, but I, I make a CM every year of Pesach. And one year I, I decided to, to try to stretch myself. This is probably a good seven, eight years ago. And I started learning Tamura. And then I realized halfway through that I had no business learning Tamura. So I figured, you know what? It was it was Rosh Chodesh Nisan when I realized this. Okay, so let me try to find a short Masechta. Oh, hurry us. It's like only 12 blot. I could, I could rip this. No, no problem. Um, big, big, big mistake. big mistake. Big mistake. I ended up doing, I ended up finishing it, but I was like, I mean, I was, I was in Yeshiva then, so I had off in his mana. And I, I spent like six hours a day just breaking my teeth over this. It was, I never made that mistake again. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not good. <laughs> By the way, my personal opinion on, on Siomim during the nine days is kind of like uh, Super Bowl parties. Meaning, okay, it's basically a long story. I should probably preface this. Basically, in, in first year based measures, I, I had a hal- halacha, um, shaf with, with my Rebbe, and he basically was railing against nine days siyumim, and he was saying, like, oh, Asas, remember the Khurban, don't eat meat, why do we have to find all these loopholes? And I, I gotta be honest, I didn't agree with a lot of what my Rebbe said growing up, like, not much, but I kind of heard him on this one. Um, so before that, I used to make a CM also uh, during the nine days every year. But since then, I haven't made one. However, however, I personally feel that my opinion on CM is like my opinion on Super Bowl parties. Like, I'm not entirely comfortable making them, but I will be the first one there if I'm invited. And I'll also also gladly contribute money or food to them. You can call me a hypocrite. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. Like, I'm not going to do it for myself. But if someone else is doing it, like, who am I to say, no, it's a mitzvah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this does this does lead very nicely into my minion update. Um, I have I have two of them, which is so the first one is that um, the 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 biggest. This is probably the the point of uh, of the year where the guy on Purim, you know, the one who gets really really drunk and says, "Rebbe, this year I want to be better." This is mm-hmm. the time period where he actually learns, so he can make the see him during the nine days. That's that. That's the first first thing is that those guys are those guys are staggering away right now. But the second thing actually happened on my way uh, on my commute today. Um, I was driving behind a truck, and on the truck it said "explicit exterior designs." What explicit. what exactly are we talking about there? <laughs> were there actual Were there actually any explicit designs on the truck? No, all it said on the back was "explicit exterior designs." Maybe his last name is explicit. Don't judge. Uh, my, I, I had, I had one, I had a couple of thoughts. One was that it was one of these uh, Hasidish guys who started a company and thought, like, all right, I need, I need a word that sounds just like exterior. You know, um, another that's actually not a bad, not a bad theory. Yeah, I, it's probably true. You know, it's I was be- by Monroe. It could be it was just he opened up a dictionary, found a word that he thought sounded fancy, and, and went with it. You never know. 
It's well, because of course, you know, no, no words start with an EX, you know? No, it's, it's very possible because um, I hope I'm not, you know, speaking out of school, but th there was a, a client that I dealt with a couple of years ago. Um, it was like an event for a group of uh, property managers. And the year before they had like a Heimisha event. And, and before the year before they had called it the property management summit, only they didn't call it the property management summit. They only called it by the initials. Until somebody pointed it out. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So you know what? You're probably right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, um, Yosef and I happened to spend Shabbos together. I mean, not this past Shabbos, the Shabbos before, since it's been like two episodes since we've done it. But we, I don't think we dominated any Minyanam together, did we? Actually? No. Zero. No, actually, no, we did. We did when you uh, left me to you hung me out to dry oh. by laning by Minchas. I didn't hang you out to dry. I don't want to hear that. I volunteered first and then you decided to volunteer. I did not volunteer. My father decided to volunteer me you know and how, then you said go ahead, please. You know how you know how with the coach's son is always the guy who has to play quarterback or shortstop or point guard. You're the guy by son. You have to you have to step up and lane. Uh, well Either way, I, I did fine, so it was fine. But, I mean, um, your brother-in-law actually said that if I did a good job, he would give me a beer, so that was nice of him. I just So he, he actually gave me your uh, Goose Island IPA thing you were talking about. It was, yeah. it was, I don't know, I'm not such a fan, but I'm not an IPA person either way. But Whatever, it's not. It's not well, I, just hit, I just hit my mic. Um, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody, you know. Al tambere, not to. I mean, to reference Yoni Z, al tambere in les vaker. You know, there, there's uh, there's not, not much to argue about taste. Yoni, that was a that was a good uh, shout out if you're listening. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> it's a very uh, broad assumption okay, so, on your part, <laughs> I think he's listening now. I think we got a listener. We made a listener out of him personally. Yeah. All right. So wait, almost forgot. I mean, because we did forget last time the stock update. Yeah, oh, I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to sound too much like uh, Dave Portnoy, but stocks only go up. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the impression that I'm getting too. Except sometimes they go down, but otherwise they always go up. Yeah, other than when they go down, like, they definitely are. Yeah. Going up. Do you do you hear that sound? You hear that sound in the background? That's the sound of like hundreds of people rolling their eyes and saying, "Oh my God, how much of uh, Barstool are they going to copy?" Oh, all of it. <laughs> yeah. But okay, I mean, so, speaking speaking of which, sports yeah. update. I actually watched real live teams play each other in real live baseball stadiums. I don't want to hear it's an exhibition game. I don't want to hear it doesn't mean anything. I got to watch real baseball. I didn't think that was going to happen. So no matter okay. what, I'm happy. Okay, so, so for Menachem, <laughs> I had this question today during Shmanes, right? This is not a Shmanes, I thought. So I, this is not a Shmanes, I thought. I just had this question. With, with baseball coming back, I wanted to know which is going to be more emotional in comparison. Yaakov reuniting with Yosef or Menachem reuniting with baseball? I, I got to be honest with you. I don't think it's really even that close. <laughs> I, I don't, the, the amount of joy that I got from watching baseball that doesn't even mean anything, like summer camp exhibition baseball, once I actually get to see real baseball that counts, just sit down, watch the Yankees play a real game, it's... I, I can't, I, there's no words. 
Yeah, I mean, so considering the pace of play, the baseball game definitely took longer than however many years Yakov was in the Trium for. So, wow. you know, I, I have a feeling the answer is baseball here. But the question, the question that I have for Menachem is, what would it take baseball-wise for you not to watch it? Meaning, what two teams have to be playing for you to be like, eh, I'm good? Honestly, I don't think there's any. But if there were. It would probably be like the Diamondbacks against the Mariners, I guess. And even I can't that, really you'd probably watch. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would like if I have nothing else to watch, I would watch it. But I feel I like would, those just, two teams would probably be the last two teams I would watch. I just, I just fell asleep during that answer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, sports are back. Stocks are up. Um, Menachem, you had a Shmoneser thought. Oh, yes, I did. So this is actually something that I've been, it's been, I guess, I don't know, at the edge of my mind for a while. It's been always one of those things that I've kind of just been peripherally thinking about, but I guess maybe not realizing exactly that I was thinking about it. But a little while ago, it just popped into my head during Shimon Esrei that it's probably a really, really good thing that we don't have the Yetzirah for Avodazar anymore. I mean, it's it's just not something that we just need to be dealing with. I mean, we just imagine, for example, you have a kid in yeshiva, all this other stuff he has to deal with, like, and then another thing they're going to have to be worried about in yeshiva, oh, is this guy hiding in a Vodazara in his dorm? And just the scandals that would be coming out would be like, like secondary to maybe only... I don't know, the, the Rav coming, it came out of the Rav is abusing a kid. It would just be the next level down. It's like, oh, yeah, this Rav did a Vodazar, and now, now we have to cancel him. Yeah. But just, like, it's just not another thing that we need to be dealing with right now as a nation. No, I, I, definitely, I definitely hear that. I, 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 actually, I actually also had that thought, not, not, not uh, necessarily recently, but I've thought in the past, like, what would the Yeshiva applications be if Avodazar was around? Like... Would they ask on the application, like, how many of a, do your parents have of a Dizarra? Like, how many do you have so, in the house? Which room do you keep it in? Are they going to have, like, a Dizarra contest? Like, for the kids, like, you get free sodas if you don't serve a Dizarra, like, so however many weeks in a row? That's yeah, I mean, interesting. You could, because... it, you could take it a step further, really. You could, you could almost say, like, you know, uh, you know, they'll be sending home forms where the parents have to pledge, you know, like, we didn't. Uh, pass our kid through flame to the Malach, you know, I, yeah. I I feel like, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot there. Cause I guess in, it seems to be that in your guy's mind, it would be something akin to watching movies or something like that. But I feel like it would be stigmatized worse than that. Cause I don't, I don't think it would be on the level as like, I mean, definitely not on the level of like child abuse and stuff like that, because it's that's also like illegal in the government, and it's also just just in general like you're hurting other people, stuff like that. But I feel like it's got to be worse than watching movies. It is one of the big three. It would have to be somewhat of a scandal. Like, well, I, I feel yeah, like it's not I, just also, gonna be. I don't know. It's also very broad, meaning there there were many ways to serve up in Dazar. So so were there you know, levels that, that let's say, uh, society could handle, you know what I mean? Um, like throwing the rock, I would imagine, like when you, when you throw the rock at the idol, like I would imagine it's a little tame, but once yeah, you start I mean, getting does, other sorted, uh, sorted yeah, services. Like, I mean, ballpark could get pretty awkward. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I feel like in general, 
a lot of these things w could just be secret things that you ha like. You could just be walking around with a mini idol in your pocket. It would just, I mean, I guess this is the reason why they got rid of it because it's just like if this was a thing, it would just be insane and just hard to keep track of. But I don't I know. Guess. I guess, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting, interesting to think of. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, so it's a good um, it's a good thought. It's a good thought. And well, good. I don't know, but it's a thought. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's a good thought. I think it's something to to ponder. Anyway, yeah. So that's a good Ishmanastery uh, thought. Um, so you know what? I think we're running a little tight on time because we do want to get to Yonizi, and I think we will right now. It was a really great interview. I encourage everybody to to listen to it. And then, of course, the Mizrochvant. Um, hit us up with um, all your feedback after the Mizrochvant, either at Back of the Shul or um, DM us. I pr preferably do it publicly, like at Back of the Shul. Give us your wrong opinions there. Um, so also, yeah. you could you could contact us on Instagram also if you want. We currently have four followers. I'm trying to see how many followers we could get without ever posting anything, which is interesting. Okay, so yeah, let's get let's get uh, let's get right to to the interview. Um, there wasn't a little bit of an audio issue um, much further in. Um, points if you could spot it. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, so on that note, let's take you to Yoni Z. All right, we now welcome on a very, very special guest. Um, how Jewish do we want to make this intro? I'll, I'll try to use all the typical ones. He's, he's a world-renowned singer, performer. Um, world-renowned, I'm not, I'm not sure. There's other cliches there, Yoni. Help, help me out with this. Um, let me, okay, if, uh, I can't believe I'm doing this about myself, but it's just it's for fun. So I'm not, I'm not serious about any of it. Uh, <laughs> singing sensation, oh, that's a big one. That's a big one. If you're having a Cholomite concert and it doesn't say singing sensation, you're doing something wrong. That is a great one. Um, let's uh, the electric, electrifying performer. Uh, oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. Dynamic. What about, what about has, Hasidic pop star? I saw that was one of the things <laughs> that you were Hasidic pop star. Uh, it's yes, funny because if if you had to label what I actually do, I'm probably a Hasidic pop star. That's the funny thing. Like I am Hasidic and I do pop music, so. Yeah, but yeah. it's definitely funny when you hear it together. It kind of, it's all, you know, it's like, you know, Nisim Black sounds more conventional. Yeah. Right. <laughs> also, yeah, there was another exactly. thing that I saw. Is I guess this was an Israeli poster. It says, Vahazemer may Aleph Reish He apostrophe Bays. And I, I was just wondering what that stands for. That's what I Yeah, oh, that's, that's, what? that's what it is. Yeah, Azamar now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did yeah. not know that. Okay, right, yeah. wait, 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 wait to step on the intro, and and the, perhaps um, most of all, he is the most played artist in my house, and I have the Spotify receipts to prove it. Um, it is, of course, please recognize that. Voice. Later, it, is, I appreciate it, is, it is Yoni Z. Yoni, thank you very much for coming on. Welcome to the back of the shul. Of course, it's great to be in the back of the shul. Well, actually, that should be our first question. It's typically our first question to everybody: Are you a back of the shul guy or more of a front of the shul guy? Um. It it depends. Like on Yomim Noiroim, I'm a front of the shul guy. I get very serious and into it. But like on your typical Shabbos, I may be more back of the shul guy. Okay, yeah. you'll fit right in here. Yeah, 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 I think that makes you a back of the shul guy. 
Yeah, I guess I'm a back of the shul guy. Yeah, for the most part, I'm a back of the shul guy. I try. Okay. Yeah. So I guess I guess we'll start off with a, t- a little bit of a cliched question, but I think it's going to be um, kind of a springboard for for the rest of this because you know at, at least two out of three of us are, are big music junkies, and and we do want to talk about you know get into the nitty gritty of it. So, but but first, I guess just let our listeners. Um, and on you know a little bit of your background, I know it's a little diverse, and you have a little bit of a diverse heritage. So tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started, and everything. Um, so it's funny because it was kind of one big accident. Um, I started singing um, at fifteen and a half years old. I went to Toronto to sing a chesed wedding. It was completely free. It was a tzedakah kind of thing, and um, a friend called me up. He's like, you know, would you come sing? I said no. I'm not a singer. Um, I was very, very stage fright to say the least. And um, anyway, next thing I know, I'm on a Greyhound to do this wedding. And I'm like promising up and down that, you know, this is like a one-time feature. It's not happening again. And that led to, you know, the next call, which I said no to. And then the next call, they convinced me yes. And then the ball slowly started rolling. This was 2007. And um, next thing I knew, I was like, I was in it. So I, you know, then I decided to kind of take it more seriously, start training, start taking voice lessons, studying music more than just being, you know, a major Jewish music fan that I always was growing up. But I felt like, uh, you know, if I'm going to do this, let let me do this right. So I'd say like uh, two years in when I was about 17 years old um, is when I started taking it more seriously and, and, you know, started crafting uh, this art form you know, and career that Baruch Hashem today is, you know, it's become kind of a thing. So I'm very, yeah, I'm grateful for that Baruch Hashem. You know, it, I didn't see it coming, but it, Baruch Hashem, it, it happened beautifully. So there, there are two interesting things there that I want to just quickly touch on. First of all, 15, that's really young. How did you even get, you know, um, connected with that gig and you have stage fright? I have. Okay. So, Starting with the stage fright. Uh, I have terrible stage fright. I still quake in my boots before every, you know, chuppah or concert. You know, by the time the wedding is like in the dancing, I'm usually okay. But yeah, I get I get major stage fright still, uh, contrary to popular belief. Wow. Um, and how I got to that wedding was a guy who knew me in Yeshiva that just used to hear me humming around. Um, and he was like, oh, you have a nice voice. And I said, oh, thanks. You know, like I, I didn't make much of it. It wasn't like something I never saw myself as being the the, the front man of, of any kind of, you know, of the band or the lead singer of anything. I loved music. And I thought even if I would get into it, maybe I would produce music, arrange music. But I never saw myself as the front man. So that was the funny part um, of how it came to be. And then. I'm 15 and a half years old, and my Rosh Hashiva tells me at the end of the year, I want to have this chat with you. I want to talk to you about next year. And I said, okay. And I had this feeling like he was going to tell me, you know, you're, you know, you should probably learn half a day and maybe work with special needs half a day because, you know, like the regular yeshiva format wasn't, you know, my comfort zone. It wasn't, I was very creative and constantly like coming up with things. And, you know, it was, I, I was just different. Um, in that way. And at the end of the year, Marisha Shiva told me, don't come back next year. So I said, are you kicking me out? So he said, no, I'm not kicking you out. You can come back. He said, but he said, yeshiva is a box. 
He said some boxes are bigger, some boxes are smaller, some are thicker, some are thinner, some are wider, some are more narrow. He said, and there are many different boxes. You know, you get as many different yeshiva. He says, I've yet to find the box that you fit in. Create your own box. Those were his words. And uh, as unconventional as his advice was, I guess he knew me well enough. And that's what I did. So I started visiting the yeshiva on occasion, learning, and starting to grind the music scene, you know, um, starting in Crown Heights with, you know, just local weddings. And that was like the first two years. So I was really just testing uh, the waters in my in my own backyard, you know, where I grew up. And then about two years in, you know, then I started getting calls from, you know, bands from, you know, and I was taking like $200 a night. So, you know, it just, it worked. And, and then things just started to uh, accelerate and eventually just, you know, blow up into what it did. And I, I don't even know, I'm looking back, you know, this September is going to be 13 years since that first wedding. Wow. And uh, it's crazy because I don't know where all that time went. And but I do know that, you know, somehow this happened in between. So I'm very thankful, very grateful, side to the Abishner and side to the fans. Um, and I'm, and it's funny because in a way I feel very old because I'm like doing this for many years, but I'm only 28. So it's funny. You know what I mean? Most guys only get started in their mid-20s in this industry. So it's it's uh, it's in, it was it's an interesting place to be, you know, 28 years old. And I kind of had this... I could write a book about what I've done so far, not in an arrogant way, but in just a fascinating way that of things that happened and the way I saw things play out, you know, from a godly uh, perspective from Ashkach Pratis, and just on a very physical level, just a lot of funny and fascinating stories. So yeah, that's in a nutshell. What was the, um, what was the, did you have a specific moment of inspiration where you were like, okay, I'm going to go from being a guy with a good voice in a yeshiva to being a professional or did it kind of have its own genesis? Did it, did it go its own way? Um, I, I don't know if I had a moment where I decided this is what I'm going to do, but I did have a moment where, look, I, I planned on going to college. I started college and, uh, wanted to become, you know, something in the medical field, probably in the area of psychology which is something that runs in my family. A lot of, you know, uh, doctors in my family and that kind of thing. And then I did have this epiphany kind of moment where one night I was at a simcha, uh, probably when I was like a year into my career or so, and I'm doing college and singing. And I saw how, you know, how much simcha I was able to bring to people. And what shocked me kind of like the level of the, the love and the reciprocation that people were saying. And they were like, you know, people were telling me you have a matana from Hashem yeah, and you should use it and you should use it, you know? And I, and then I kind of had this moment watching just like a chassan dance with his friends and his father and his family. And there was just, they were huge smiles on their faces and they were glowing. They were literally glowing. And I remember thinking to myself, what if this is how you, your shlichus, so to speak, in healing people. Maybe you're not meant to sit in an office and you know do therapy with people, so to speak, or become a surgeon. Maybe this is your form of healing, of bringing joy to people and making them, you know, taking them out of their worries and their, you know, their just their ordinary environment that they're used to, and kind of just letting them forget their forget their sorrows for a bit. Mm -hmm. And then I, I kind see. of, 
And then it was like, yeah, I think this is what I'm, you know, going to do. Is that also when you realized that you were going to, I guess, I guess what I'm asking is, was there any point where you realized that you're going from, let's say, like the also featured guy to the starring guy? Was there a moment that you had when you were like, okay, now I'm really making it. Like, this is something that I can do as opposed well, so, to something that I want to do. Right. Uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question uh, because it's a great question actually, because there was kind of that moment. <laughs> there was kind of that moment where I was speaking to different people about different things. Uh, like I'll tell you something that I've, I've actually never shared this like on a public platform. Um, I'm, and I think he'd be okay with it today. But we're talking way back, like when I'm 16 and a half, 17 years old, and I was very energetic and, you know, very high energy. I, I was like, I was like this energizer bunny back then. Like there was just, and uh, Ellie Gerstner actually wanted to rebrand the Hevra at the time. The Hevra were still, you know, they were still riding off the coattails of the first and second album. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he's like, but I want to change it where kind of there's like a, like a main guy in the Hebra, kind of like, you know, like uh, how they did it in In Sync with Justin Timberlake, Le Havdil, you know, and uh, don't 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 ruin the Mizrachvan. We'll get to that. This <laughs> is the Mizrachvan. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but uh, but that 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 was a moment. Like, so I heard different pitches like that from people who wanted me to be in groups or in choirs, and then one day I got a call from. Um, from Yochi Briskman, who, you know, at the time it was like, you know, Shweki and him were doing Kesaria and, you know, it was before even he was signing before he had other artists, really. I mean, I think at the time it was, uh, it was Shweki and Baruch Levine and that was it mm-hmm. at the time. And he basically asked me if I wanted to work with him. And, um, that was a moment for me when I was like, Oh my God, like people actually think I can do this. Like, I just, I thought, like, I almost had this thing in my head, like, I was fooling people. Like, I'm like, I'm impersonating being a singer kind of thing. Like, imposter syndrome. what's that? Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. And then, you know, from there, it was like, you know, when, when Yochi Brisman calls you and then other producers in the business and, Ahina hair, you're like, okay, people actually take me seriously. Maybe I should take myself seriously. But that's actually that's actually interesting because if I had to peg you, I one of the reasons why I really appreciate your music and your style, I happen to be like a music junkie. So mm-hmm. I remember the first time that I heard your album, actually my daughter introduced it to me. Um and I was I was blown away because it is very clearly a melting pot of different styles. True. Um and it's interesting because it's almost like the exact realization of what your Shiva told you to create that box because I would not put you in any box. Would you say that's accurate? I think it's very accurate. And um, I think that some people see it as a, um, as a plus and some people see it as a flaw. Like I've had people say to me, where do we place you? And I said, you don't. You just listen or you, like, you enjoy it if you like it kind of thing. I like creating art. Like if I had to put one specific sticker on me, I couldn't. You're right. Like I'm very eclectic in that way. Um, And some people really enjoy it because like you said, in my album, it really comes through and it's just this real smorgasbord of, you know, 
different things. Um, and the same goes for the music videos that I've done. Okay. Um, there are some which are super kid-friendly. There are some that are super not kid-friendly, like Aida, my first one, was not kid-friendly. I love that one. I personally love that one. You know how many people hated that one? A lot of people. And I'm, again, I'm just... I'm, I'm saying this all in good jest. I'm not at all upset about it. I'm just, I'm enjoying your podcast. I'm having a great time, but I'm just saying like, it's, you see, you loved it. And then other people like, you know, and and so I try to create something that whatever it is that I'm feeling at the moment um, is what I try to create. And, you know, Aida was kind of like my first work five years ago. And I was coming off the heels of, like I said, you know, leaving Yeshiva and trying to find my way and, it was almost like a semi-autobiography of myself, uh, only that, you know, I never drank that way. I didn't get into a car crash, et cetera. Right. But um, yeah, you know what I mean? And I think that that's really, I think that the Jewish music world needs more of this, more of this honesty with the music and with yourself as an artist, because a lot of guys will just, You'll show up with a composer and you'll just be like, okay, I need a song like this. And the composer always looks at you the same way. And he's like, dude, I can't, I, I, what am I supposed like, you know what I mean? Like we have to write what we feel. You got to create what you feel. Um, and you know, like it's very hard. Like I think a lot of people put themselves in certain boxes in this industry when they're not really those, those people in real life. Um, and they find it very limiting because I know a lot of these artists, I'm good friends with them, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, it's something that I never kind of let happen to me. I always just remained this free bird when it came to what I create, you know, it's part of like the consistency. I'm sorry to cut you off. I think it's part of the consistency. You're, I, I, I personally, and you can tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like more, your brand is more like a, a realism, meaning Let's. I, I, there are two songs on on your album in particular that I, I really liked. Obviously, How Luca. Everybody likes that. Um, but, but for me, the the one that I was personally blown away by was was Tom Um Thank because you. Because it it clearly it was the, I, in my opinion the the best translation of that melting pot and that diversity. There are other people, uh, other, and I don't I don't mean to knock anybody. I'm not going to name names, but I think other people have had similar ideas. Maybe you know, take a style, take a language. Um, kind of blend them together, um, even take an accent. You know, you did the you did the uh, mm-hmm. and everything on yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't translate on other and that. But I feel like because you're more real, I think your brand is more real. Um, it was able to come out like that. I it, really it, appreciate it, you saying that because if I had to, like I said, people ask me, "Who are you? What is your brand?" And maybe it's not the most. Um, you know, sugary and fluffy brand, but yeah, it's like you said. If I had to put it into a word, it would be exactly what you said. It's real. It's realism. It's just real. What was the reaction of your family when you said, "I think I want to make music my parnasa"? Um, they were completely freaked out. They didn't think it was a real idea, or um. You have to understand, it's also, like I said, I wasn't in a choir or anything. So for them, it's like suddenly Yoni's interested in becoming a singer was like, what? Like, like they, I think they were very scared that I'd be rejected and that I'd maybe fail at it. And they were so scared of me getting hurt in that way. So I came from a good place. 
but they were definitely very, 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 you know, hesitant at first. But that's actually really, really interesting because you come from a musical family. If I'm not mistaken, isn't your father on the album also, Hashanah? That's my father. Yeah, my father is a chazan, but um, and my father actually, like my father, when he was younger, he was similar to me in the sense that he was involved with different things. Like my father performed um, in Hask two and five in the choirs. Yeah, and in Hask seven, he played Five of the Shoemaker. I don't know if you're familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's my daddy. Um, <laughs> of course, the world's famous Five of the Shoemaker. That's my father. Yeah. And then my father's like, he's a very humble man and a very talented guy. And he just decided that he didn't want to be in the spotlight. Um, so I guess it kind of came full circle when someone from the family again was like, I'm going back in. You know what I mean? <laughs> so in that way, like my father was good friends with Shia Mendelwitz and Mordechai Medeva Avonfried. He knew them all back in the day kind of thing. And then my father just, and my father's like a brilliant chazan, like a real legit chazan. He's not like, like my father studied for years voice, but he just never took the, he never took the front, uh, he never took center stage. He never wanted to. He loved being a Baltifila. He's a very, uh, my father's like a very Ehrlich guy in that way. Very, very Ehrlich, very, you know, um, humble in that way and like Hoshana was kind of like when i did Hoshana, i i kind of i was like ty you know if i'm doing a song on the album that really encompasses what what my experience of jewish music growing up was which Hoshana is kind of the most hasidic song on the album i said you know i would love for to to do it with you and um and we did and uh, you know it, it came out bar hashem great and the music video that we filmed you know it's kind of like a something I'll always have forever. And it's something, you know, I, it was kind of like, it, it was actually on my father's birthday, the day we filmed it oh, in wow. Ukraine. We were in Ukraine filming it. And uh, he said it was the best birthday present anyone could have ever given him. So it was very special, you know, um, doing that. That's um, really cool. Yeah, but like you said, you know, there's stuff like that. And then there's stuff like Tamberech. Tamberech, I'll, I, if you want to know actually what the inspiration for Tamberech was, I can tell you. Um, the inspiration for Tamberech was um the song from Ive Simchas boom pam boom pam pa da 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 nam boom pam boom pam you remember that song oh, oh, i remember oh, that that's years ago <laughs> right so the inspiration for that song was like how do i recreate this in a 2020 version well 2018 version half yiddish half hebrew but i want that it should also sound yoni z and it should also sound like whoever the artist that i'm going to feature on it so when I was a teenager, like God Elbaz was putting out this banger material on, you know, like Kalayla uh, Zazman and oh, sure. all that stuff. Yeah. And I was like, when I did that song with God, I said, God, I hope you don't mind. But with this song, I kind of want to bring back God Elbaz from the early 2K. I wasn't going for a Hashem Melech kind of thing. You know what I mean? We threw it back. Oh, for sure. Especially the end. Exactly. 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 Like it felt like something like from God's album, Mashmauyot meanings. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was going for. You know what I mean? And he was cool with it. He was like, hey, why not? A little nostalgia. But it was also packaged in a very 2018 way. So it wasn't, it didn't sound dated at all. So Baruch Hashem, we managed to kind of recreate. And, and that's what real producers do. I mean, 
in the world at large, all the music that you're hearing, they're recreating things. And um, sometimes they say where they got it from or where the idea came from or where the inspiration, sometimes they don't. But essentially, it's really kind of like recreating, um, you know, music uh, and making it your own. Like there's this saying, uh, good producers borrow, great producers steal. Yeah, it's like yeah. the Steve Jobs quote, good artists copy, great artists steal. Oh, okay. So yeah, same yeah. line really. Uh, exactly. So, but you have to know how to steal, you know what I mean? You got to make it your own. So that was well, actually, uh, actually on that note, I, I, this is a question that I've had for, um, well, let's see since pay South of 2019. So I, um, my brother and I and our family were actually at for pay South, we were at the Stanford pay South program, um, that you performed at in, t- in 2019. I don't know if you remember. Uh, which which uh, one which one was it? Because I did I believe I think I did two in Stanford that year. Oh, so it was Jewish Heritage Center. That was a great show. That okay. was a lot of fun. Yeah. So but yeah, before I we that, show, that was in the in the Hilton. Yes, that was in the Hilton with so, uh, Jewish Heritage of Queens, I believe. Yes. There, right. Yep, yes. Yep. Correct. So I remember you said um, before you prefaced your song "Home," right? That you did um, you recorded mm-hmm. with uh, Nissan Black. And I, I distinctly remember you saying, and I was laughing when you said it, you said that uh, you were inspired or somewhat, you know, I'm paraphrasing, by, by a non-Jewish song. I even remember when you said, yes, I listened, to, I listened at one point to non-Jewish music. Okay. I heard the song. It was the first time I'd ever heard it, actually. Um, was that song that you were inspired by Dead and Gone by T.I. and Justin Timberlake? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that, in a way, I was inspired by it, but in a way, I also predated it. Meaning, the song, the original chorus of Home is sampled from Yidl, right? It's an old Yidl song, which came out long before Dead and Gone. And when Dead and Gone came out, which had to be around, mm, I'm going to say 2010, maybe, or so? Yeah, I think it was even before that. We're, we're the same before. by the way. I, I remember in... in in high school i don't know when though okay so basically when when i heard dead and gone and i heard justin timberlake go oh i've been driving on this road too i was like this sounds like that yidl song i said now what if we kind of recreated it where we used the jewish chorus but we used the concept like a radio edit where it's rap chorus, rap chorus. We didn't include the low part or the verses of Yidl's original, only the chorus, and then had Nisim rap. So essentially, a lot of people didn't even know the song. Like a lot of people were like, wow, that's a great song. And I was like, hey, hey, it's Yidl's original. It was composed by Mordechai and David, that chorus. you know. And then we were sitting in the studio, and I was like, this needs a C part. Like it, it's rap chorus, rap chorus, but I need something else. And then literally, I don't know, I, I probably like, it was probably the fastest thing I ever wrote in the studio was um, broken hearts and shattered dreams. The world isn't how it always seems, but I know, I believe. I wrote it in about, I think three minutes, melody and melody and lyrics. It just came out. And um because I knew that like, I had to finish it that night. I knew I, I was flying back to America. I was in Mea Sharim, was recording at the place where Nisim was. And I just, it, the, you know, Hashem sent it to me and Baruch Hashem, it came out the way it did. But um, yeah, that is the song that kind of where the worlds collided 
in that way. I said before we went on that I was gonna I was gonna ask this. So now we now that we're recording, I I want to ask it. Jewish audiences, um, not always the most interactive. So, what are some of the tricks of the trade to get them uh, more um, interactive and to actually do more than just politely clap? Right. Uh, it's a very good question. Uh, Jewish audiences, it also depends where the show is, what the show is. There have been shows that get so crazy lit that I've had security like oh, almost really? made a stop in middle. Yeah, like I did this show once with Nisim on uh, Nisim and Zusha and a few others on, I believe oh, okay. it was. All right, I say it no was, more. <laughs> I think yeah, was, we understand. We understand. <laughs> I think it was Xmas Eve. And um, I was the opening performer. I was a surprise, surprise artist. And the security literally had to shut, like almost shut me down because everyone came to the front and was jumping and the whole stage was literally shaking. And it's an old theater and they were scared of what would happen. (laughs) So there's Jewish shows like that. But then, yeah, there's Jewish shows like the one you mentioned, like where, you know, where you said that you saw me perform at at a Pesach concert. Pesach concerts, people just came from some long trip that day. Or if they weren't on a trip, they just ate all day long. They don't want to move. And you yeah, have and, and get... in the back of the, in the back of their head, they're thinking like, uh, oh, I'm shelling out this money for for, for this. I, I could, you know, there's always something better, right? So it's like when you come to a Pesach show, it's very, in a way, it's very intimidating. It's a challenge. It's like because you know that everyone's sitting in that crowd going, "Impress me," you yeah. know. So, yeah. um, and when you, and when you do, it's the it's it's a total high because you win. It's like a real win. It's not just a wedding where everyone's going to dance anyway. It's really taking on a tough crowd, probably the toughest. You're typically competing against some buffet, you know, <laughs> at the same time. And, um, you know, and, and doing that, um, it's those crowds, like something that I, I think I was perhaps the first to start in the Jewish music audience and the Jewish music scene was to have the crowd do chants and sing along, like different yeah. things where I would yeah. kind of, and today I see a lot of guys doing it and I'm like, okay, it's cute. Like whatever, you know, but I, I do think I was the first one to do it where, you know, you just do different things like, Oh, like, right. I, you know, I think I was the first, I think, I don't want to say for certain because maybe I wasn't, but, and that's the kind of stuff where people like, you know, you do it the first time and you know, as a singer that you're going to get a very weak response on the first call. But you have to know that that's okay and that you're going to stay confident and you're going to say, guys, that was nowhere near what I need from you. And then you're going to do it again and you're going to get a better response. So it's kind of already knowing your audience before you walk into the room. No, because like I, I'll be honest, I you know I was at the, the that show, that Pesach show, and you, you opened with the Hallelujah, which is obviously an unbelievable song and and a real energizer, a real banger, if you will. Um, and I I just see everybody. I, I was standing in the back. I was I was I was holding my daughter, and I, I just see everybody just like sitting as if they're listening to a PowerPoint presentation. And I was like, oh come on, like for this song, you're not going to do it. So I was like, oh man, I hope I hope he's able to to get them into it, which I guess you were. Right. So I, I'm, so that's the thing. When you're aware of it, you're, it's a lot less frightening. Cause if, if you'd send somebody in and be like, I don't know, take your favorite song, get on stage and sing it and see if you can win the crowd and it doesn't work, then yeah, you're probably not going to have a lot of confidence that the rest of the evening is going to work. But when you're, when you do this for years and you know, the Pesach shows and you typically do four five, six concerts, every Pesach, you know, I know that this is what's going to happen. 
and I know it's going to take me time to warm them up. And that's why for Pesach shows, they're probably my hardest scripts to write concerts are for Pesach shows, because I literally have to build the script in a way that I know I'm going to be able to win the crowd. So, for example, well, just, in so that you know, show, just so you know, mm-hmm. you did win the crowd to the extent where I'm just going to give you three examples. Number one, my aunt said that it was the best concert she's ever been to. My cousin oh, she was there too. Yeah, yeah. My cousin came up to the mountains the, the following summer, the summer after that Pesach, because the mm-hmm. camp that, that we all worked in, you were doing a concert in that camp. So they, he came up so he could bring his son to the concert because they were all completely blown away. And then my sister, um, shout out Leah, by the way, um, said that said that she will she would literally follow you you know she would follow follow you around to to the concerts oh you know so wherever you were going so it was it was evidently a you know a strong enough performance that uh that everybody so was happy. willing to you know follow up <laughs> i'm so happy to hear that baruch hashem yeah it's it takes a lot a lot of prep and a lot of siyata dishmaya you know and every for every concert i quake in my boots and i'm like hashem i help me just help me do it help me do it because it's a tough room it's a tough crowd you know it's typically like in not an it's not a concert hall it's typically like in a ballroom in a pesach program and um you know sometimes you have more resources sometimes you have less sometimes you're gonna have big lights and dj and screens and sometimes you're not and you have to make it work but i think that the real uh craftsmanship of an artist is if you can do it without all the lights and sirens you know if you can really engage with the audience it's an art it's an art form and it's something that I, I constantly try to work on. So, you know, I mean, we, we also want to get to the, to the Mizrah fine. Is it okay if we ask like a couple more questions? Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, so I, I have I have a couple. One I have to ask, uh, this is going to be um, Kibarav right here. So, uh, so by, by the way, Yosef and I are brothers. Um, so cool. our, our, okay. our, our father, um, he's, he's very musical also. He, he hasn't been thrilled with the direction that Jewish music has taken in the last 10, 15 years. But when he heard your album, and we're not trying to kiss up here. This is, Yosef, you can verify this. He was blown away. I can away. back this he up. Said, yeah. He was blown away um, because it was, he said, this is, I, I've, I've never heard something like this. This is the most different that, I, that, I, that I've ever heard. So. I'm actually I, I, very, I'm very surprised because I feel like, I feel like if someone doesn't like where Jewish music has gone, like. My oh, album's no, no. very pop not, oriented. Not, you know? not in the way you're thinking. Not in the way you're thinking. Not in the. Um, he's very into you know more of the progressive um, sound, mm-hmm. but he he didn't like that. It's kind of back to you know what we were discussing earlier that it almost sounded forced from other artists. Mm. But he found that that the diversity of of your style. It's just you know fusing Middle Eastern with a little house with a little uh, um, pop like it just uh, that fusion. So he was blown away by it. So he, I, I told him that we were going to be interviewing him and if he had any questions. So he said, ask him this. So he wanted to know um, who, so the way he asked it was, who are your biggest non-Jewish influences? But I'll phrase it like this. Who are your biggest Jewish and non, non-Jewish um, music influences? It's a, it's a long list. It's a long list um, because I really tried to take something from everyone. Um, for example, um, from when it comes to learning how to really grip an audience, um, I think that there's no better example than, you know, when it came to the pop scene was Mordechai Ben David. I mean, he was like, he was like a Jewish Freddie Mercury. 
I mean, the guy got up on stage. I don't know if you like people. A lot of people forgot about this era. But if you look at MBD in the late 80s, 90s, I mean, he got on stage and he didn't sing. He roared. He would mm. roar. And and that's what ultimately turned him into the king of Jewish music. So, you know, Mordechai and David is someone that I learned how to. I'm just saying, I think the correct term is the undisputed king of Jewish music. I think that's what they call it. That's fair. That's totally fair. (laughs) The undisputed king of Jewish music. Uh, That's fair. From Avram Fried, for example, Mm. I look, I took discipline. Mm. Avram Fried is somebody who you look at his voice over the years and he never let up on his training. And his voice just, it's like fine wine, gets better and better. And he doesn't get lazy with age. He only gets better. And he learned how to perform and how to, you know, get the right material and how to, and and that. So from, from Mordechai and David, I took what I said. From Avon Fried, I took discipline, what it means to be a discipline artist. Um, from Lipa Schmelzer, I took the creative uh, box, the creative energy that, that, you know, that like, that burst when I heard Kanainahara, I was 12 years old, the album Kanainahara, and it blew my mind. When I heard that album, I was blown away by it. And I said, like, this is something that I'd want to do, like in, in this kind of way, you know, where you just everything, there's so much color and there's so much versatility in it. Um, from Shweki, it, I learned how, you know, Shweki came around and he just made every single song singable. And he kind of brought this genre to the people where he took Jewish music. He didn't change the um, the formula, but he simplified it. You know, look at Rachim. Anyone can sing Rachim. A two-year-old can sing Rachim. You know, um, and so I tried to, over time, really gather from, you know, Mikal Melamda Iskalti. Um that was on the Jewish front. On the non-Jewish front, there were definitely also influences, whether it was, you know, to take my voice training seriously, it was someone like Andrea Bocelli, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if it came to performing, uh, Freddie Mercury, who I referenced before. Um, so there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of, there, there's something that I really, I know it sounds funny because people are kind of like, oh, who are your, you know, influences or inspirations? And it's a long list. I really tried to take, from everybody something that I can learn, you know? Um, I, I had a couple extra, I had a couple of questions. Um, you know, I think we're, we're kind of running to the end here cause we got to get to the miser plan. But, um, sure. the, the first question was, um, what is your favorite of your own songs that didn't necessarily go viral or didn't necessarily achieve the popularity, but it's, it, it either it's meaningful to you or it's just one of your favorite songs. It's a good question. Um, so there were songs that, more recently did catch on so i can't really use them anymore like uh me adir for example took time but recently it's been on the chopa scene a lot so i can't use that one manase caught on um so i think i'm probably gonna say if there's a song um that i didn't feel like uh, like even aida aida kind of like had this comeback where it's like on my top five in spotify so i can't really say aida either there's a song on my album that I think people don't know it so much, and it's a really good song, is Rak Echad. It's yeah, just a of course. It's a feel-good song. Just a feel-good song with a really great message for Hebrew speakers. I feel, I mean, I know it's in Hebrew, and you know, not everyone necessarily understands it. But I think that's probably like maybe one of the most underrated um, songs of mine. 
probably. But by the way, Yoni, that's another example where even, you know, nowadays it's in vogue to have, uh, you know, these Israeli style songs or at least uh, an Israeli accent when singing it on the albums. But I felt that your songs, um, you, you mentioned Rakachad, my personal favorite of that style on the album is Kala Lelot. Um, and it, it, again, it just it came across as just more authentic. Um, thing, singing instead of a, another, another Israeli style song about dancing and singing all night, this is more, I don't know, just grounded. I don't know. Kala Lelot is probably the deepest song on the album. Um, and uh, yeah, I wrote it uh, with Udi Damari and I dedicated it to Yoli Brach, who was a saxophone player who passed away a couple of years ago. And we were very close and we did a lot of gigs together and he was very supportive of me in the beginning of my career. Um, mm-hmm. You remember him, Yoli Brach, Joel Brach, he's a saxophone player. No. And the chorus, I mean, the whole song is basically about him. All the nights, our nights together, haven't, you know, all the you know tears that flowed like a river when when he passed he you know was excruciating uh you know it was from the from yana machla and um yeah that was a very deep song a very meaningful song and i do i do try very very much when i'm in the studio to always have the parish of what i'm actually saying when i'm singing them and not just you know read some hebrew text that you know miriam israeli wrote for me uh, even though miriam israeli has written for me text she wrote uh, most of Lanetzach, she wrote. Oh, but, right, right. So I'm not, I'm not putting her down. She's incredibly talented. But I'm saying, it's not just passe where it's like, okay, let's write a tune. Can we get Miriam to write some lyrics and let's knock it out? You know, it's actually very thought out. And then when I get behind the mic, I'm like, all right, Kavana. So yeah, you know. I guess I have just two more, two more quick questions. What's the first song on your playlist? Wow. Um, it could be right now if that helps. Meaning today. If it was right now, I'd probably turn on Elon Reichel. Yes, right now. Oh, interesting. Today. Interesting. Again, any uh, day can be then, a different answer. But. And then possibly the most important question. This is a serious question that I've always had. Do your Canadian listeners call you Yoni Zed? Uh, some do. Yes. <laughs> it's that is not the just answer Canadians. I wanted. It's, it's not just it's it's not just Canadians. It's um it's a lot of countries. It's South Africans, uh Australians, um even in Hebrew, I mean they consider Z when they say these the English alphabet, they say Z. So I've gotten Yoni Z like on Israeli radio. So that's that yeah. makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. Um and I guess I guess my Last question. I I know it's been it's been pretty upbeat the whole the whole time, but you know I think the elephant in the room um, is, is twofold. You know, obviously COVID um, affected. Mm-hmm. You know, probably would you, I, I would assume pre Pesach that that time period is probably the busiest season. So yeah, yeah, for sure. How did how did you deal with? Um, I mean, obviously the, your your entire the entire world collapsed. Uh, you know, on a dime. So how how did you? deal with that whole situation so i'm going to give you a very unconventional answer but it's the absolute truth in my case and in my case and i guess you you'll believe me based on everything i told you about myself till now i was secretly thrilled really yes because because i've been running this race for so many years and never stopping to catch a breath and constantly, you know, I was performing for years before the album came out, 10 years. And, you know, 
suddenly just everything stopped. And, you know, it's a very competitive industry. Everyone's constantly having to outdo each other. Everyone's fighting for the limelight. You know, in Jewish music, I find that there's kind of this, um, I mean, it's, the, it's, it's in all musical cultures, but, you know, the kind of, when there becomes an obsession with like one artist, no one really even can see anybody else. You know what I mean? And it's, if you look at popular singers, look at who's popular now or who's popular 10 years ago or so on, there's always like a certain fixation. And it's very, very hard for anyone else to even do anything while that happens sometimes. So when that slowed down, I think that secretly a lot of Jewish artists, while on the one hand Parnassa became a very you know challenging issue for them, I think they were also relieved, and they still are because things are still not really in full gear at all um, as far as music goes that everyone's kind of got a chance to collect themselves and be like, okay, what do I want? What am I doing? You know, I'm 28 years old. I'm single. Okay. So for example, this last few months for me was a time when I was like, you know, Yoni, it's really time to start locking down, you know, start taking Shadokim seriously. Like, you know, if we're being very transparent here, that's something that, you know, and I, and I didn't, I didn't have a ton of uh, focus on it prior. I was just busy with a career, you know what I mean? And then I, you know, when things like COVID happen, it's like, you ask yourself, what matters in life? You know, what are you, what, what's really going to count? Like, are you going to make a lot of cool songs or do you actually want to leave a legacy behind of, you know, building a family and all that? So, you know, uh, and on top of that, there was also just the thing that I didn't have to do the Pesach concerts, which helped me avoid the stage fright, which kicks in about two weeks before Pesach and shakes me till it's over. So there was that. Uh, <laughs> So it was, it's, it's been a f- tough ride, but um, I really, really, I'm trying to see the best in it. And Baruch Hashem, I, I am. I'm, I'm, I really enjoyed this time to regroup and reconnect with myself, with the people that matter, and with the Abishter. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's actually really Were you expecting that answer? I was not expecting that answer. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if, if I'm being honest, from what I learned from you throughout the interview, I'm actually not very surprised by that answer because you just seem like the kind of person who'd be happy to just chill out for a little, not have to drive yourself crazy. I don't know. You know, maybe yeah, I mean, maybe, re- maybe record a few podcasts or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just you know, talk to a couple of nice guys. You know, share some you know friendly thoughts and wisdom, whatever. Yeah. So exactly. Uh, yeah. I don't feel the need to constantly be in the spotlight. You know, I I, 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 I'm sorry to everybody for bringing down the room with that question. <laughs> no, not at all. You know, not we almost all. did it. We almost did it. We almost got through the entire yeah. interview without mentioning the stupid coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. It's fine by Are, me. Um, oh, actually, sorry. Uh, on that note, um, and just before we get to the 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 misophon, my last question that I've I've wanted to ask any singer. Which is harder in general? Obviously, you know, COVID notwithstanding, which is harder, sphere or the three weeks for for a musician for for a singer? Um, I think the three weeks may be harder because by um, by Pesach, you're kind of like you're coming off the shows and you're exhausted, and it's been a long season. You know, the winter is a long run, mm-hmm. so there's something about Sphira that you're almost looking forward to in a way, but then. After that, it's like, um, you know, before you even get a chance to really pick up steam again by, you know, by Lag Boimer, and then the three weeks is around the corner. You know what I mean? So I think that it's a little bit more of a bummer, especially that it's summer and, you know, people love to go out and do concerts and music. And, you know, it's almost half the summer is kind of taken by it. 
So I think that's a, it's probably a little bit tougher. Got it. Okay. So we're all ready for the, for the miserable font. You yeah, don't have any more last questions. No, I don't have any more last questions. That, that, my last question was, uh, are we ready for the, the Mizrachvan? Okay, so um, today's Mizrachvan is the Mizrachvan of most yeshivish non-Jewish artists. I, there's no <laughs> really way to explain this. Like, it, it just, if you've been... If you, it's it's, you know the, it's the prototypical of a Hamevin Yavin. Either you know what it is or you don't. Every everybody who listens to our show, um, so one hundred percent of our audience listens to non Jewish music, and ninety seven percent are open about it. Mm. Um, <laughs> if you want to break down, if you want to break down the numbers, I do have to shout out also to uh, Ay Umer of Twitter, who's we, we had this little chabrosa shaft about about these in Yonim. Uh, oh. So so shout out to Ay for yeah for we had a little. Yeah. We had we had a chat about this whole phenomenon of you know yeshivish most yeshivish non Jewish bands, so I I just want to shout him out you know and and give the the humor the credit where it's due as well, um, so I think we're gonna go, okay I I start, yes you, yeah. you're you're first okay, yeshivish most yeshivish non Jewish band, I think goes to Skillet. Mm-hmm. Good, good choice. A very good choice. Well, I, Sh- Shlomo, did you? Was, was that not one of your considerations? Skillet is definitely up there. Oh, I mean, no, no, it's, it's on the list. It's on the list. Would I have gone first? I don't know. It's on the list. It's on the list. Okay. I, I mean, Hero I, Awake and a lot. Yeah, but there's oh, like just, the, just the typical two oh, sure. yeah, two yeah. songs that every high first school guy yeah. has on their iPod. Like every like that knows Skillet, even if he doesn't know that he just knows Skillet. Yeah, Listen, no, we could others, just stop the hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so my first pick, I think that this is this has got to be either the top or one of the top. But Eminem, like, oh, there is no oh. yeshiva guy who does not listen to Eminem. Not a That's single very one. Funny. That's very funny. It's I, funny. I, didn't I didn't consider that because I was thinking only bands. Okay, so I don't know where to, to go with this because there's different time periods. Um, in terms of most yeshivish musical artists, I'm not sure. I, I, I guess I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Lady Gaga. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Also, also, I don't know if I would have went with that in the first round, but it's definitely no, I'll tell you what, she's, my, she's definitely my up there. That's for here's sure. my rationale. Here's my rationale. My rationale is uh, not to denigrate them. I, I like them very much. Um, whoever is going to be the number one draft pick of AKA Pella for whichever songs they're going to adapt. For their oh, album, then that's who's at that's the top. Yeah. So Lady Gaga, I feel was is fits that bill. So Lady Gaga is my number one. All right, Joe, you you um you got yeah, the yeah. Yosef gets two now. All right, so for my number one, I think um, I think this is this is a pretty good one. I'm gonna go with Usher. Yes, yeah. I feel like that, I feel like that was yeah was one of the <laughs> was one of the first ones that everybody heard, and then more for the year that it came out was like the the guys from Yeshiva put it without the audio, uh, without the, just the music on the Yeshiva video, so so that you know so that it was Gishmak, but the band didn't realize exactly. Um, and then the second one that I'm going to go with is Pitbull. <laughs> I think I think Pitbull actually, you know, these are all pretty much high school music that you listen to when you get right. your first iPod. Um, but Pitbull kind of goes back because he's the guy that you heard on the radio. 
So that's like an eighth grade yeah, no. yeshivish okay. artist. I hear this. I hear what you're saying. Listen, I when you told me that you wanted to do yeshivish, you know, bands, so I thought bands. If you want, I can give you like a real like shakalavitari on on the band. <laughs> oh that no, no, I, that's a good strategy because it it ensures that the you're not, that we're, that there's not going to be overlap. Although I have the next pick, and technically mine, only. technically mine is a band, and I'm going to go with Disturbed. It's up there. It's definitely up there. You, everyone has to mention that exactly. he was in Yeshiva. Yes, he was in Yeshiva in Chicago. Let's make sure to mention that. Yeshiva and and by the way, the, the Yeshiva changes every single time you tell the story. Like at first it's Chicago, then it was then it was Wits in, in, in you know Wisconsin, yeah, yeah. California. It, it changes every single time. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's one of those things. But uh, David Draymond, yes, I hear what you're saying. Uh, uh, you go. You, okay. you go. Yeah, so it's my turn now. So I'm trying to figure out which direction I want to go with this, but I think I'm going to go with the angsty, uh, like, teenager yeshiva guy, and I'm going to go with Daughtry. Oh, that's, think... way, that's way up there. I was waiting for that. Yeah. On the list, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I, I, up there. Oh, no. I even, yeah, there's another one related to that that I totally forgot I have on my list. All right, hopefully nobody takes it. Uh, I know which one it is. If you're already saying Dorsey, I know what's going through your yeah. head. Yeah, and Yoni, you got the next two picks. Okay, I'm going to take your pick now. You ready? I know you are. Go. Nickelback. Oh. Yep. Oh. I had those two together. It was too easy. It was too oh, easy. No, it was right there. <laughs> I'm listen, I missed yes. it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. So now I get one more. Who's Okay, yeah. now what? Yeah. Okay, uh, one more. Um, Okay, this one I think is gonna have to go. Listen, I can I can rattle you off a bunch of names, but I'm gonna go with more the guilty pleasure that no Bacher admits to the other Bacher. But Tachlis, Backstreet Boys is, <laughs> is being played. Backstreet Boys is being played. I don't care what anyone's telling you. Backstreet Boys, ev- everyone's laying at night in bed right before they go to sleep and hearing everybody. Yeah, that's it's yeah. just happening. I'm sorry, it's happening. So I'm just gonna put it out there and call it what for what it is. Absolutely, hundred percent. That's a great call. Yeah. Uh, okay. Menachem, oh wait. Go. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's back to my. Okay. For this okay. happens every time. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. But, okay. Um. Yeah. So what I'm gonna go with now? Let's see. I'm gonna go with Jason Derulo. It's more of a <laughs> more of a more modern one, but I feel like just that, like the Jason Derulo, like that. Everyone yeah. knows that, and everyone hears it in their head, and I feel like that's just one that everyone knows. I think people know that more than they know his songs. Yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. Oh man, that's a, that's a good pick. Also, okay, there's so many good options. I don't know who to go with. Um... I'm probably okay. I'm gonna go with. Shoot, By the way, I'm this taking... totally has to be just this segment has to totally be uploaded to Twitter later, and just have people are gonna have a party with this. Yeah. So we actually upload. We we upload. Um, a, we do a poll every every time. Uh, Miserfont. We have people vote. Ah, um, okay, okay. Yeah. So um, okay. So that just bought me a couple more seconds for me to still not have a decision. I'm probably gonna go with Black Eyed Peas. Yes. Mm. Oh, I call. have them on my list. Good call. Good call. Yeah. 
I don't know, just because, I mean, it was that one, what was that one song where, uh, tonight, uh, I got a feeling. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I got a feeling. That's what it was. Sorry, I got no. a feeling. Right, 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 right. Yeah. All right, Joe. Um, and if if we have to, I'm just putting this disclaimer. Uh, if it's not an issue afterwards when we mix it, then I'll. I'll but Joe, your audio. Um, yeah, I don't. Can you hear problem. me better now? Okay. Not at all. Okay. Okay. So um, for my last two, I'm gonna go with uh, Florida. <laughs> okay. Uh, my last yeah. one is is going to be Drake. Drake. <laughs> yes, Drake. Okay. Uh, so yeah, yeah, Drake. I don't know if you all heard or if anyone heard, but Flo Rida and and Drake. Joe, hang up. Okay. Um. So yeah. Oh, those are good. Those are good. Yeah. Those so good those ones. are those are good ones. Um. Okay. So my last pick. There are so many. So. I don't know. Do we go like like what Yoni said before with the guilty pleasures, or do we go with um, the ones people admit with admit to rather? I'd probably have to go with Coldplay. Oh, oh! Listen, uh, Godless is Godless. What are you going to do? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but yeah. if you're talking about if you're talking about bands, um, yeah, do I have any more runs, or am I done? You have one more, but Monopoly first. Oh, wait, first one second. It's, it's my and then, turn then first. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't know where to go with this one. This one's hard. Hold on. I have a few that I'm trying to decide in between, but I'm going to I'm gonna go with Green Day. I feel like... That's very uh, good. Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Yeah, if like you didn't yeah. sing that in like seventh grade every minute of the day, I mean... That's very funny. That's a really good one, actually. Okay, my last pick is a song that I believe has propelled so many Bahram to close so many cash advance deals <laughs> and do so much credit card processing. And I think it's all thanks to Remember the Name by Fort Minor. Oh, that's a great yes, one. That, that, that is, is fantastic. One. I think that Bachran getting this is twenty percent luck. Fifty. I mean, that thing has made more Yiddish Gelt than everything else we said combined. That is a great one. I didn't even think Not of that. A that's a great one. I, I honestly, I didn't think of that either. But that's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think uh, that one's uh, powerful. I think you're, I think you're going to win the poll just based on that one. Oh man, how did we miss that? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's let's rattle off uh, honorable mentions. Yoni, go for it. Honorable mentions include Evanescence. Yeah. Shine Down. Oh. Yeah. Wait, it's just a note on Shine Down first. I for some I always hated that song Second Chance. I don't know why. Everyone loved it, but I couldn't stand it. I feel like he's just just like a kid who's angry at his parents the whole entire song. That's and, why everyone liked it. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> high, school, there, high school phase. What else are you going to listen to? No, but I remember there was this one lyric that goes, "Tell my mother, tell my mother, I've done the best I can to make them realize." So, so right after he says, "I've done," tell my mother, tell my father, I've done the best I can. I was like, okay, now he's going to actually start taking a little bit of responsibility. And then it says to make them realize this is my life. Help the under. I was like, come on, you got to be kidding me. But I can understand why. Yeah. Yeah, so we've, wow. we've got a professional singer. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, that so continue. Sorry for that. Okay. 
Okay, so Evanescence, Shine Down. That brings me to Imagine Dragons. Oh, for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which brings me to Maroon 5. Okay. On the list, Which yeah. brings me to One Republic. Yeah. Oh, that was yes. I was a bit okay. between them and Coldplay. That was, that was the uh, Okay. The Which brings me to this is a little bit niche, but the script. Oh, also on my Oh, you're taking like all of them. <laughs> and a little bit more niche, The Fray. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Fray. And now, and now just to hammer this one in, okay? Like a really bachavadik misrahvant. Yeah. Lincoln Park. Yes. Uh, that that was a strong consideration for my last pick. <laughs> so those are yeah, and we also can if you want to throw in Fallout Boy in there, you could. Right. So that's like that's like for the more um well traveled, you know, Yeshivish music listener. You know, Yeshivish non Jewish music listener. The, you know, Fallout Boy is already it's past the gateway. Right. And if I you know if if we probably also had to say in the last few years, even though I'm not in Yeshiva now, but if I had to guess what's been going on in the last two, three years, Panic at the Disco is probably getting a lot of play. Yeah. Yeah. High uh, High Hopes is probably getting a lot of uh, high high hopes. It's a great song. Um Okay, so I'll I'll do mine. Um my honorable mentions. Okay, so I know they had a brief run, kinda like the Fort Minor thing, but LMFAO. Um, every, everybody, everybody's saying party rock. Um, that, that's, that's one. The rest are not bands, they're solo artists, but Bruno Mars, honorable mention to Bruno Mars. Um, Katy Perry, if people were to be honest with themselves. Um, oh, absolutely. In the same vein, uh, also, if we're being honest, um, Justin Bieber. Um, this was, the next one was really popular during high school, especially when everybody sang uh, Umbrella, so Rihanna. Um, mm. If you again, kind of like uh, Yoni's pick with uh, or honorable mention with Fallout Boy, but if you went past the gateway in the late uh, 2000s, you went with Kanye West, um, Adele, and of course, um, call back to when Yoni mentioned NSYNC, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> so I, I feel like a lot of a lot of a lot of these, especially the bands, there's all of these have just one song that was on every single yeshivish guy's iPod in high school. So in I, in that note, there's Breaking Benjamin, Diary of Jane. Yeah. I, oh, every single guy good. had that very one. Very good, very good. Yeah. And um, there's a few more that I had. I had uh, Akon, uh, Jay <laughs> Sean, <laughs> Little <No>. Wayne. <laughs> um, wow, you know, it's I, really scary to know that we were all doing the same thing in yeshiva. It's, it's, really it's crazy. Every our single one of us were, were listening to top dollar. <laughs> I don't know. I feel so bad. We were all doing the same thing. It's awful. And uh, also Smash Mouth. Everyone listened uh, to right. All Star. Because right. you had it. No, because it was like almost like you had you had a, a sort of a you had a heter because it, it was from your childhood from Shrek. So exactly, exactly. exactly. So it, it made it in. It made it in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. oh, also, Tayo Cruz. I feel like he became really entrenched in yeshivishness yeah, once the Makabe song yeah. came out, right? Yeah, for um, sure. And also going the guilty pleasure route, Kelly Clarkson and Avril Lavigne. Great ones. Those uh, are solid ones, yeah. And also going to back to something we were saying before a little bit, but I feel like the, just the song The Climb by Miley Cyrus is probably the only song that I've heard <laughs> that you could one. take... You can take it word for word 
and it could be a Jewish song. Like you don't have to change any words whatsoever. Yeah, like I feel, I feel, I feel like if Michal Przansky got on that thing, it would. <laughs> think, I, I think, I think it would be big. I think that would be big. You know, I can see like real Lakewood girls like really, sh- you know, frumming into that one. Listen out to that one. Seminary song of the year. Seminary. Yep, song I'm year. pretty sure that that would that would probably do it. And if it had a music video somewhere in Beit Shemesh, then Bechlal. Yes. <laughs> All right. I don't know if you can hear me. Can you hear me better yeah, now? Much better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So um, one second. Before you get into your honorable mentions, just in case your ones from before didn't go, why don't you tell everyone what your four picks were? So my picks in order were Usher, uh, Pitbull, Florida, and Drake. Those were, those were my four picks. For my oh, honorable good. mentions, I'm going to go with Weird Al. Oh, <laughs> oh I forgot Al. about that. Wow. Weird Al. That's good. Um, Macklemore. Oh. Oh. Katy Perry. Well, I, said, I said Katy Perry. Oh, you said Katy Perry? Diddy. Oh, we, we don't say um, him anymore. Ludacris. Yes. Chris Brown. And Menachem, I cannot believe you forgot this one. Neo. Oh, oh yes. Those are all and then really my final good. one is it's it's more this was more the eleventh grade angst filled uh, moment where you know Wintersman was getting a little too long, which is Jason Aldean. That's where you start sliding into country a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That yes. is great. That yeah. is really good. Oh, you always really have good. like that little taku for you're like you know what maybe I'll just listen to some country music. But then but then there's something in your neshama that it just feels too guyish, so you let it go. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have to end off. It, it would not be a complete list without making Menachem look really yeshivish because he is a hardcore Swifty, Taylor Swift. Yes. Yeah. So I was, How did you not mention her? I, I was so. I was, so I was thinking about it, but because I don't know if she, because she's so. The, the problem also with the with certain artists like Kanye West and Justin Bieber also is like they're so popular that I don't know if they can necessarily be considered yeshivish like everyone listens to them in the world more yeshivish i guess but yeah but like every every single person listens to taylor swift in high school i don't care if you're a boy i don't care if you're a girl if you say that you don't listen to taylor if you can honestly say that there's no taylor swift songs that you like you're a liar right but i i would just want to say and if 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 i may i i I don't think that there's a bacher in the world that hasn't driven to a date and didn't listen to one of these three songs before the girl made it to the car, either Complicated by Avril Lavigne, (laughs) Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson, of course, course. or Firework by Katy Perry. If you didn't do one of those three, shame on you. (laughs) But I do feel like, I feel like Teenage Dream is more of that kind of song, but I definitely understand what you're saying. Like, if the Avril Lavigne, Kelly Clarkson, Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, that combination, just if you if you could honestly say that you don't like any of them, then I don't I don't know what to tell you because I don't both. You're, 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 you're just lying. You you have oh, to I be lying. I had I had two more down on my uh, lower down on my list, um, which was Coldplay. I, I said and yeah, Shlomo oh, said Coldplay again. This is audio right here, and Jason Mraz. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot good. about him. That's very good. This goes back into the everyone has the one song from that artist. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, this goes. Yeah, exactly. That one song, like you can throw in "Just Haven't Met You Yet" from Michael Bublé, can get in there. Oh, good one. You know, it's certain. It's like certain corners that we can cover if you want. You know, um, who, there was another one that just came to like, like Gavin DeGraw might get in there with one yeah. song. Kevin you know? Rudolph with "Let It Rock." Oh, Let I it made rock. it. Oh, oh. I I made it was the yeshivish song. I at least in my yeshiva, every single person was singing that song all day long. Yeah. And if and if things get really crunked, if things get really crunked, let's not forget T Pain. If we're already going down, oh, yeah. Yeah. yes, for sure, very important. Oh, also, just to mention them, the Lonely Island. I feel like we I can't gonna say that, yeah. do this without yeah. mentioning them. The Lonely Island. You you did, you don't even have to say them. It's almost like they're the guys in the next room in your dorm. Right. They're such a part of your <laughs> yeah. life. It's like, what do you mean they're Jewish? Don't you know that? It's of course they're, oh, they're yeah, so of weird. course. Yeah, one yeah. of the guys' names is Akiva. Hey, must be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, David exactly. Draymond went to yeshiva. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay, so I guess um, that that about r- wraps it up. Yoni, thank you very much for giving us uh, so much time, so much insight. Um, of course, my pleasure. we really appreciate it. Um, where can people check you out? What's What's next? Like, uh, where, where can uh, people? Um, there's new music in the making. New music in the making. But um, you know, I'm kind of going. I'm kind of taking a deep dive under so i can actually construct a full album you know and not just another single because the singles did well power lanetzach but it i think it's time to kind of 2.0 or like i say z.0 what i did on the first round so i'm hoping for that and i just want to say one more thing before i hop off if this little thing ends my career it's been real boys thank you so much <laughs> just my so. so thank you very much i okay. appreciate it all right yoni thank you so much of course guys thanks so much have a good night all right take care good night bye bye oh thank you <laughs>